Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the latest and greatest female voices in the industry, from artists and songwriters to producers and managers and all women in between. Hi, friends, and welcome to Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna. I'm Paula, and today we have Rachel Selick from Scarlet River Management. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Very, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us all about Scarlet River Management and you know what it does and how it helps artists and you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I set up Scarlet River Management um, in October 2019. Um, and I set it up primarily as an artist management company within like the modern country music scene. So helping artists um, to kind of just to achieve their goals, really. I mean, I think as a manager, your job role is definitely to get behind the artist's vision rather than having a vision for them yourself. So I, I get behind, you know, the artist's visions and work with artists that I feel, you know, we kind of come together really well. Um, to manage them and then I'm also building kind of a PR side too so working with artists when they are ready to release music and kind of getting together release strategies and social media planning and, and things like that so that's probably the two kind of main avenues that Scarlet River kind of approaches at the moment. Perfect, perfect. I have to ask, yep. you've been in the UK, why country music? No, yeah, no. good question, that's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> to be no, honest, no. So I became a fan of country music by accident. Um, I was actually, so I grew up in a church and I was in rehearsals for like um, the worship choir or whatever. And this song came on the speakers and it was He Ain't the Leaving Kind by Rascal Flatts. And I got a bit confused and I was like, I don't really understand like what the song is talking about. Like I didn't really get it. And they were like, oh, so I asked someone else who was there because who had put on the music and he was like, oh, it's the Rascal Flats. It's about, it's a Christian song, but it's like within country. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So I went home and I listened to like a ton of Rascal Flats stuff and then also came across Carrie Underwood. Um, and then coincidentally that same year she was playing in London. So I, I got managed to get tickets to that and it was actually the first country to country festival um, back in, was it 2012 or 13? Um, and then off the back of that, I was just hooked on country music. So that's all I've really ever listened to kind of from back from back then. So I was a fan, first and foremost. And then and I was studying, you know, science related stuff. I wasn't anything to do with the music industry at all. Mm. Um, and then when I went to country to country in 2017, um, I met somebody there who became a good friend of mine. Um, and they were starting their journey as a musician in the country music scene. So I just kind of got on board with that, and that's kind of just where it came from. Ah, perfect. So thank you to country, country to country. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> definitely the biggest country show that's ever hit the UK, I think. Yeah, massive. That I know of, I, you know. Um, and it was, it's just amazing that, that um, you know, I think it's Radio 1, isn't it? Is it Radio 1? Uh, BBC Radio 2, I think, with Bob Harris. Yeah. And it was some, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's worked so hard to bring country music out in the UK and, and you know, show the world what's really out there, which is it's just amazing. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's been really interesting, actually, to see it grow, because I remember going to the O2 Arena for the first one. And if you've ever been to the O2 Arena, there's kind of like a floor level and then there's like level one and then there's like up in the sky level four. And 
the first one that they did it only ran over two days and the whole of the fourth floor fourth level was just like blacked out because they hadn't even bothered like trying to sell tickets there um and it wasn't even full kind of on the floor and in the first level and then over the years now obviously they, it runs on three days and sells out the whole thing yeah. you know so it's been really cool to see it grow too yeah it's it, he's done an amazing job and it, you know he really has i think opened the uk to to what country music really is and it's not it's not the the, the older stuff that people seem to have you know, think it's that's what it's all about, sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I must admit, I, I think I went to the first one. I got tickets, and well, I got tickets really last minute for the first one. Um, you wouldn't do it now, and it was, no. you know, it was amazing. And then after that, I started. I went for quite a few years, um, and then when they brought in the three days, was just amazing. I mean, whoever yeah. thought of a three-day country music festival in the UK? I know, pretty awesome, huh? It is, it is. But you've got the joy of not having any mud, it's all indoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, yeah, that's one of the perks of having it indoors, that's for sure, because, I mean, in England, if it was outdoors, the likelihood would be that it would be raining, and there'd be mud everywhere anyway, and that's not my scene. <laughs> I can deal with it sometimes, but not very often. <laughs> It'll be Glastonbury all over. Mm. But, uh, yeah... Um, obviously, poor Dora doesn't know these shows. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm only familiar with the fact that I know they've been going over for the last, I guess, ten years or so, give or take, and, and that's what I know. And you know, it's just hearing about it from you guys is just a total different experience oh, because, nice. you know, growing up we had those outdoor festivals all the time here. So, mm-hmm. but another good thing about CTC is you have the outside stages. So apart from having all your big acts inside, they brought out sort of people who was trying to make it and they had like little stages all the way around the O2 arena. Did, so they, bring out, now, did they bring out the local artists? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, a lot of English acts, bands, you know, men, women, you know, mixtures, whatever. Um, and you were able to see them as well. So no matter where you went, there was that constant country music playing for the whole three days, which was just amazing. It was really good also, like the last couple of years as well, mm. them bringing over like the the smaller up-and-coming U.S. artists. So, you know, kind of thinking about Ashley McBride before she'd released anything and, and bringing yeah. over, like, Jimmy Allen and Russell Dixon when they only had, say, like, one or two songs out, like getting to kind of see them right from the beginning of their careers and then and then being on side stages too. Um, yeah. And then, like, the year after, them being on the main stage in the arena, like, in the full show and watching those kind of... And especially as British and European fans, I think we really invest if you like an artist you don't kind of like just like one song you end up like learning their entire set list and and a lot of people will like know what the set list is going to be before they've even like been on the stage and will sing every single song and I think it's a very much like a, a nice community when it comes to country music that thing so that's quite nice when you get to see English and American artists kind of starting from there you know from the from the bare bones as, as you would say yeah yeah, it's 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 definitely. I mean, there's a lot of artists that have said that. I mean, I've heard Brandy say that you know her concerts in the UK are so so different to what they are in in, in the states. You know, she brings out new music and she's not expecting people to know it. And we know every <laughs> word, you know, every single word because you know what as you said, once you're invested in an artist, that is yeah. it. You know, you you make sure you know their music and everything else. Um, uh, the only thing I did find with C2C is they have repeated a few acts. I think Carrie Underwood's been there two or three times. And it's amazing that she's coming, but there's so many 
amazing acts out there that they could bring over that, you know, maybe they, as you said, maybe bring some of the more newer acts over so, you know, people can learn more yeah. about them as well. But uh, Yeah, I think the last few years, I mean, not so much the recent years, but maybe kind of the second, third and fourth years of C2C, people still weren't quite invested in the, the really kind of out there artists. So, for example, like Sam Hunt, who really pushes the boundaries of country music. Yeah. UK audience still wasn't quite sure what that was and didn't really so I think he came once but has never been back because I don't think he quite grabbed the attention whereas yeah. like someone like Luke Coombs everybody loves like, yeah. and, like when he released his EP I think like last week every single song was in the top 10 country singles chart like he was yeah. just he overtakes everything <laughs> and it's really interesting because there'll be some artists now I think that are maybe even maybe bigger in the UK than in the US like they love Cam and Kit Moore, Drake White, like those guys are always here. Yeah. Um, but like, but some of the bigger ones that American, you know, is on mainstream American radio. Yeah. Maybe the UK isn't quite there yet, but I think we're just a little bit behind. That's all. Yeah. We're we're still trying to find our feet, and and you know, I must. I went the year that they had um, uh, Bradley Gilbert, and I wasn't too sure because he's he's very very good, but he's a lot. He's a very sort of heavier kind of country yeah. um, <laughs> so I wasn't too country. sure about him but the show yeah um but the show he put on was just absolutely amazing um and I think I had floor seats for that as well so that was just and the whole floor was like, yeah. <laughs> <it's just> like <laughs> um but um yeah I mean it's it's just so good that you're able to meet so many acts you know over the three days which I can't imagine you doing anywhere else I mean it's was it four acts each day isn't it I think yeah so it's like four artists each day on the main stage and then obviously you have the smaller artists on like a pop-up while they change the, yeah. the brand setups on the main stage so you guys see like eight or nine artists just in that four or five hour sitting yeah. which is awesome yeah and you know everybody and when I first went I was like mm, the tickets are a bit but when you think about the artists you're seeing you could probably pay that for one artist, you know, yeah. or, you know, to maybe see two or three of them. So the fact that you're paying, you know, such a good price for so many actors just, you know, it is an amazing show. So you'd have to come to the UK to see it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have to set up a time, like, after the whole COVID thing is gone and yeah. travel for you again. And we'll have to make sure that I, I come over for it, Ben. Yes. Come over and see, see, yeah, see how... See how the UK do country music. It's very different, I think, our concerts to um, um, to America. I mean, they're all up and dancing, and we're a bit more, you know, we sit and listen. <laughs> we enjoy. The Americans are like, eh, you know, there's parties sort or of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are probably drunk, you know, they're just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember um, I went to see Chris Young in the in Nashville um, in your big stadium. And I um, it was Chris Young, Kane Brown. And then obviously because you're in Nashville, like Kelsey Ballerini turned up and Brad Paisley turned up just for like one song, just because they could. And like, yeah. and it was really interesting because it was obviously it was like completely packed and sold out. this like massive arena, but it was full of younger people who were screaming and like who knew all the songs and everything. Whereas like you're saying in the UK, it's a little bit of a, probably a little bit of an older demographic. Mm -hmm. Just because country music isn't instilled in people like from a young age, you kind of just yeah. discover it when in like when you get older and and we are a little bit more reserved sometimes we just kind of sit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're a bit more, you know, let's just enjoy it. So I went to yeah. 
they did one at Wembley, and I can't remember what the show was called. I think that was like a, it was like a very small C2C. I think it was like the, the, the beginning of the whole festival, and we had, it ran so far behind, it was horrendous. Um, but we had some major acts, and once again, it was half of Wembley Stadium, not the whole, it was literally sort of curtained off. Um, and they had like Reba there and, and a few other people, but I remember seeing them sort of drag out some of the Americans that had come over because they'd got so, you know, too drunk for the whole thing. Which <laughs> are like, the hell? <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very funny to see, you know, <laughs> how different. I mean, and we I should be there. Most of them were guys too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a woman, but most of them were guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you've got a whole group of guys with like one or two girls are like, <laughs> you know. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think that might have been the start of it. But it ran. They had so many acts on that day, and it was it ran so far behind. It was kind of crazy. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a different feel for the, the, the English when they play for concerts than it is for the Americans. But you know, maybe in time, <laughs> we might start partying as well. <laughs> That'd be cool. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Rachel, um, obviously what you're doing now is totally different than what you were starting to study and stuff in school. So tell me, what are some of your inspirations, your heroes that have gotten you to where you are now and, and doing what you're doing? That's a really good question. Um, the first person that comes to mind, this can sound crazy, um, but is actually one of my supervisors for my PhD. Um, she's called Anne. And when I started working, so I have a, a job that I do on the side um, to the music for the minute. And, and I work in, a, in, a, in the brain repair group in a university here. So I do kind of like neuroscience based stuff. And she's, she's the head of the whole lab. And I have never met someone that knows as much as she knows. And I think that's what I love about it. Like, I just, I think if I could ever be half the researcher or half as good at anything as she is, then I, I'd be, I'd be good. <laughs> I'd be good with life. Um, so from kind of like the motivation to do stuff, I think someone like her, definitely. Um, in terms of like the music and things, I think just, I think I like to find a little bit of inspiration from lots of people that I meet and whether that is somebody that's, you know, doing really well in their career and it has a, you know, a record label or is an artist that's been around for years or whether that's just somebody that I meet by, completely by accident and have a conversation with and, and kind of get to know where they're at with their life and see how they've kind of overcome stuff and, and all of that. And that's what I quite like about the journey and in music specifically. Um, a friend of mine, for example, started a podcast um, in February um, just as lockdown was happening because, you know, lots of people were furloughed, we had time. And I think they'd actually bought um, the kit, like the recording equipment for somebody else in the house. It wasn't even for them. So just for somebody else in the house and it was there. So they were like, oh, well, you know, I could use it. Like, a, it could be cool. So they kind of like started doing this podcast stuff and just like things like that, just being inspired by the fact that somebody didn't give up or somebody just wanted to do something, so went and did it. And I try and always remind myself of that when, like, you're having a hard time or, you know, something's not quite going the way that it's, you think it should go. Yeah. Just kind of, like, remi reminding myself of either things that I've been through and got over or where people are at the moment and where they, you know, how they're dealing with stuff and 
and how well they've been able to kind of overcome what they were struggling with and that it's okay and like you can do it so I think yeah a combination of all of those things <laughs> that's wonderful that is yeah. I think it's just when you when you meet someone even just when you have those conversations like you're saying and you meet someone out of nowhere and you just feel inspired whatever it is in your life whether to make something better it just it's that sense of yeah. wholeness of life like even if it's in that just that moment and chaos follows but yeah that's awesome yeah 100 percent. like even if you're just sometimes you have like phone calls and like they're not meant to be inspiring you're just like having a catch up with somebody or you're just having a chat with someone and then they say something and you don't think about it at the time mm -hmm. and then like an hour later you're like doing something you're like oh my gosh yeah like i could really do with that today <laughs> yeah so if you could um talk to anyone dead or alive who would you want to talk to and you can pick more than one. Oh. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, not gonna lie, probably Jesus. Cause I would kind of, you, you talk to a lot of people and you read a lot of stuff about, you know, how you could live your life or how you can do things or how it was back then. But I think mm -hmm. it'd be really cool to just kind of like, just sit and listen to someone that has like a lot of stuff to say and a lot of stuff to talk about. And just, mm -hmm. I think you could get a lot from just having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always wanted to meet the Rascal Flats just because they are like probably my all-time favorite band. <laughs> and I was, I was, I had these plans to go and see them in, in Texas on their like end of like farewell tour. And then obviously it all got canceled because of COVID. So, mm. and then they brought out new music and I was like, <laughs> it's all good. The Rascal Flats never end. They say they're yeah. going to end and then they don't and they bring out something else and it's great. <laughs> But yeah, I think something like that. And then someone may be like Stephen Hawking or something, you know, someone that's like just someone in an industry that's just made such an impact mm. and just like, because I think especially doing what I do with like the research side of things, obviously swaying away from music for a minute, when you people obviously you you read a lot about you know an impact that somebody has made or whether that's like a discovery or whatever and whether that's you know somebody that's made a, a major change in, in the music industry whether that's the political aspect the business side or actual the creative element of it and then in the science and research world you know somebody's created a drug that saved loads of lives or something like you read about it and think that that's awesome but it would be nice to kind of get an inside perspective or an understanding of how they feel about it mm. and kind of where their motivation came for it or you know and all of that stuff because I reckon that's super different to what we read yeah and I think we we like look at things and we go wow that's amazing but I reckon there's a lot of struggle and stress <laughs> that goes yeah. behind it too oh yeah I can imagine yeah that sounds sounds like the perfect person to talk to you know you actually digging in deep to what you know what brought them to where they are or mm. what brought them to do what they did yeah yeah that sounds amazing mm. absolutely well if you could thank anyone for their support for what you're doing now and where you're at who would you want to thank and obviously again more than one person so i think in the country music industry there's a few people that i've met that I don't think I would still be here if it wasn't for those people. And things like, um, there's a lady called Karen Morell, um, from the, she's from a group called Forever British Country and they just support like British country artists and they do spotlight stuff and reviews and things. 
And she was probably one of the first people I reckon that I met properly on the country music scene. Um, when I was like just an independent manager, you know, like on the side, just managing somebody while I was going about my other business. And she was always that one person that she never, she never lied and said that everything was great if it wasn't great. Yeah. But when it was, she would be the first to say so. And I think that was, and it doesn't matter what you're going through. Like, I feel like she's somebody that you could always go and talk to, um, which I love. Um, So I think, yeah, definitely someone like her. And there's quite a few people actually in the in the country music scene like her um, that are definitely like that. And I could probably list loads of people, <laughs> but we'd all get a bit bored. Um, but yeah, people like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two that I manage, Charlotte Young and Kyle Elliott. Like if they didn't believe in me to be their manager, then I wouldn't be a manager to anyone. Um, so those, those guys I have to be thankful to. Um, yeah. And then I guess just to like my close friends and family who let me do something crazy. Like I was still doing my degree when I started doing this sort of stuff. And, you know, it's not the most conventional way to become a part of the music business to have no qualifications and just start it because, um, and so just kind of supporting my journey and whether that be a good, you know, something that's going really well or something that's not quite going so well. When I get really, really grumpy and angry and tired because of what somebody should do, but when I'm on top of the world because something's gone great, you know, they're they're there all the time. So, yeah. I must admit, I think that's one thing we've heard through a lot of these interviews is that how the country music world, no matter whether in the UK, in the States, wherever, has always been very supportive of new acts. They've been there to help people. They've been there to, you know, lend an ear, lend a sofa, whatever's needed you know it seems to be a place where people come together they help each other and they oh. encourage people to do it so um it seems yeah. you know like a place that you know okay there's always going to be competition but they'll they'll guide you and, and help you to to get to where you want to get to sort of thing so yeah 100 percent. like the first time i went to nashville both times i've been to nashville that's i come away feeling feeling completely like that because you immerse yourself in country music for you know whether it's just two weeks or whatever when I've been it's yeah it's been around two weeks and every single time something has happened and I'm just like blown away by the kindness and the generosity I remember the first time it's Nashville we stayed in like motels and stuff outside the city you know I was quite oh I didn't have loads of money at the time I think I just finished uni and this one night we were in this motel and I won't name make any reference (laughs) but like it wasn't going very well and that night we were like kept up by the people next door and it was awful and so we didn't feel very comfortable like we wanted to stay there and this woman that we'd literally met like 24 hours prior through someone else was like oh you can just come and stay at my house so we turned up in old hickory to this massive house with a pool right by the river like and, and only met her like 24 hours prior and she, she's a country music songwriter um and I was just like the generosity and kindness of someone who really doesn't know who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we came back the second year, we actually stayed with her for the two weeks that we were there. Um, and just like meeting so many, loads of the connections I've made with people are because, like you say, they're just really supportive and really nice. And I met, I remember meeting, an artist came and toured in the UK, Dylan Schneider came and um, toured in the UK. And I met his tour manager, I think she was at the time. So when we went to Nashville, she was like, yeah, just come and have breakfast with me. And, you know, I'll give you a hand. We can talk about stuff. And I met Kyle Elliott in Nashville because he was playing a writer's round that I watched. And he sat next to me. 
that's literally how we we got to know each other and yeah. there's just so many encounters like that where they're just like yeah you can just stay at my house so you can just you know just come hang out we, you know we'll show you all these great places that you can go and and you know that's just an example of Nashville but like you say and even in the UK and everywhere else I've been when you go to country yeah. music events the community is just really special sure. yeah everybody just seems so much nicer and you know it's, it's like a, a whole new world um but uh, yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely a feel you've been getting from everybody we've spoken to that uh, you know country music is you know has his you know arms open and welcomes everybody in and you know so yeah that's uh it's kind of a real feel-good factor knowing that you know you may be new to the world but there are people out there who are still yeah. willing to help you and and you know progress and everything so yeah, yeah it's kind of like its own family within itself if you will mm. yeah it really is yeah 100 percent. it is it sounds yeah perfect perfect okay so quick fire questions I love this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> these are fun they're dead easy you know um first thing that comes to your mind it's great all right Bring it okay on. so early bird or night owl oh i should be an early bird but i think i'm a night owl <laughs> beach or countryside oh countryside favorite season summer <laughs> summer in the uk <laughs> yeah i know this is an issue <laughs> <laughs> um biggest fear oh failure i think okay that's cool um favorite holiday my goodness i have so many do I have to pick one? You can pick more than one. I have three. <laughs> we can go to three. We can push. And I say so. One was Australia because that is just like I've never been anywhere like it. But then Nashville just is Nashville. That's all I have to yep. say. Um, but actually, the most recent holiday I went to Iceland, and that is amazing. Wow, that sounds amazing. Um, as long as you like, isn't it cold in Iceland? Freezing. And I, I did this like tour. I did Iceland. So basically between lockdown one and two, I was like, I've got to go away. So I went to Iceland and then I was meant to go to Norway, but they closed their borders while I was in Norway, while I was in Iceland. So I went, okay, no worries. I'll go to Denmark. I went to Denmark and then I went to France and I packed for the French weather because I knew it was going to be hot. So I got to Iceland, forgot that it was like really up north and really cold. <laughs> I just had nothing. It was horrible. <laughs> You've got to be tough. <laughs> so cold. Oh no. Um, and favorite drink? Tea. <laughs> See, British. <laughs> the British and tea. It's the same thing. <laughs> we discovered it's much different than the American tea. Uh, <laughs> I like um, tea and northern are two different things too. Yes. Yes. I like sweet tea, the cold stuff. Yeah, hate unsweetened tea. Gross. Um, I'm not a fan of hot tea. I remember having to make a hot tea through a coffee dispenser because there wasn't a kettle. We just like didn't put a coffee thing in it. It was the most confusing thing. And then there was like no milk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember the one time I went. We were just talking about that. The Americans don't use milk in their tea either. Didn't use Do you just drink it black? Uh, no, we usually with honey. I'm a honey girl. I just put honey with my tea. That makes oh. it sweet. Then I have the natural sweeteners from the honey right away and no extra sugars. And yeah, that, that's me. But that's probably a good idea, actually. But yeah. 
Yeah, I might oversweeten it though. But um, no, the, the first one, of the first few times I went to Nashville, and I asked them for a hot tea. It took me like five times, five requests to get what I wanted: oh. hot water, okay, tea bag, okay, milk. They just look at me as if I got two heads. <laughs> milk. And I remember asking for a tea with milk and getting hot milk. You can't put hot milk in tea. It just does not work. Doesn't, no, no, it's gonna be cold milk. <laughs> and then okay. it, it was like crazy. It's like it sugar. Oh. Of course, when you ask for milk, do you want creamer? No, milk. You know, yeah. milk, milk. <laughs> and I don't want a half and half creamer, and I don't want a powdered milk either. <laughs> I just want it semi-skimmed from a cow. It's so funny. It's so funny. It took me like, and every time you come back, it was like. What now? I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I think I gave up in the end. And I just got used to the coffee. Because to be fair, coffee's quite nice in the States. I do quite like coffee. I have never ever got into coffee, I must admit. But it was just so funny trying to get it. And of course, Nashville, it's all, it's all cold, it's all iced tea. I'm like, I couldn't just, no, I couldn't get into iced tea. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> just to carry my own tea bags with me, that'd be it. <laughs> yeah. so and milk? Have like tea bags and milk with you? Well, I can actually drink it black, so that's not a problem. I can drink black tea as long as I've got sugar, then I'll be alright. Mm-hmm. So milk, you know, I think the milk just makes it look better. <laughs> really have to try, we we'll have to try the honey thing next time. Yes, I've got honey in the cupboard. Just screw it in. Yeah, yeah see what happens. Yeah. And yeah. the coach just wrote really nicely, like when you're, like, I know when you're sick or something, that's like the perfect. Oh, yeah. The lozenge of people honey on the tea. Um, so. Well, there you go. See, kill two birds with one stone. You get a great <laughs> cup of tea and you kill your cold. There you go. <laughs> why have we never done this? <laughs> and I, why has the British never thought of this one? Hello. <laughs> That's hilarious. Gotta add some whiskey to it too. Oh, even better. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, I must admit, the last, the last week or so, I've been on hot totties every night. So, uh, you know, trying to kill a cold. So, yeah. Yeah, my hot toddy and my cup of tea next to it, so <laughs> yeah. I'm getting hot and then dip my tea. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Nice. So, a few more questions. Mm. If you're a musical, what musical would you be? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'd love to be Hamilton. <gasps> yes. What a movie. What a musical. Yes. This... That was amazing. I just love, like, there wasn't one bad song in there at all. And I just, I think I watched it, like, three times in a week. <laughs> when <laughs> it came on sure. Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep pressing play. Like, I, sound... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if you were a film genre, what film genre would you be? Rom-com all the way. Because <laughs> I think I am probably that kind of person, actually. I am, like that person that just goes through life, works all the time, gets into stupid, weird situations, but it's just so soppy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a film we'd all like to, yeah. But nobody knows that soppy part, because, you know, you keep that under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out of the video. <laughs> <laughs> we can just put a bleeper sound. Bleep. Yeah, she's something. <laughs> Sorry, this is a... No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if you were a Disney character, what Disney character would you be? Goodness. i got to go with, I absolutely love um, Tangled. 
the movie. That's probably one of my favorite ones. So you got to be Rapunzel in that one. Okay. But you know what? Disney has some great animal characters. Yes. Doesn't it? The sidekicks are always the best. They it? are. We were talking about um, Mulan uh, the other day, and you got Mushu the dragon. Now he's just he is the film. He could have his own film. He is that funny. So yes, the sidekicks always, you know, they may be a sidekick, but they're always so funny. Yeah, and I think if you don't think about it when you watch the film, but if you had the film without the sidekick, mm-hmm. it just would not be the same, would it? Yeah. They have to complement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, Rapunzel's got her little chameleon. I've oh, got... he is the cutest thing, is he not? <laughs> I, I've got a toy of him somewhere, yes. He's yeah. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he gives these amazing looks, it's like... <laughs> he's just the best, he really is. <laughs> this isn't an interesting question. If you could be a mythical creature, what mythical creature would you be? My goodness, I don't even know what mythical creatures... Uh, unicorns. I don't want one of those. Oh, that would be quite cool. Okay, so if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh. I've always liked to fly. So I can, like, get, you know, like, you know what? If if I could fly during COVID, nobody would have a clue where I was going, would they? And I would, <laughs> like at the moment, it, so Wales is out of lockdown, but the England are in lockdown. And mm. I live five minutes from the bridge between the two. And I'm technically oh, no. not allowed to go into England. So if I could just like fly. You could just fly a bit. And nobody would know. <laughs> I think that would be useful for today's scenario. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. What part of Wales are you in then? So I'm in Chepstow, um, okay. which is kind of south. Mm. It's about 15 minutes from Bristol, and people know where Bristol is more than uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I know bits of Wales, you know, the biggest cities, obviously. But uh, um, but and I think the last time I went to Wales, it cost me, I don't know, 20 quid or something to cross the bridge. Yeah, well, they've, we've paid off the debts now, so the bridge is free. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They've they paid for it now. You can go over for free. Yeah, so you can go over for free, exactly. <laughs> I love it. That's the best. <laughs> you see how the British do it? They pay yeah. for something and then the public pay for it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like, so it's, it was like six pounds to get across the bridge. You only have to pay one way. You have to pay yeah. to go from England to Wales. So Wales to England's free, but you have to pay to get back. And then, but yeah, once we all paid it off, so now both of the bridges are free to get over. But then obviously house prices where I live skyrocketed because people live here it's it's cheaper to live here and travel into like city than it is to yeah. be in the city so i like i love where i live it's really nice it's kind of a good mixture of countryside but you're really close to cities and, and i work in cardiff and so that's quite nice oh, okay so you work at the university in cardiff? <clears throat> yeah ah. yeah one of the girls um who used to live over here goes to cardiff university she's doing oh, fab. spanish and Law, I think, something like that. Real That's a pretty awesome things. combination. <laughs> it is, it is. So, uh, yeah, she started there obviously this year, but of course it's kind of a bit crazy mm-hmm. with COVID and everything. So, <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it, really? It is. <laughs> really small world. Okay, so this is the most important question of your entire life. Okay. okay. 
You better be ready for this. Okay. Who is your favourite CWC host? Oh, that's just rude. <laughs> I love it. I, love, I, love I decline to answer. <laughs> I decline. You were very. Uh, some people they sit there and they're like, uh, and then I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> answer that question. What the hell? Okay, I'm like, take your time to think about it. Yeah, you just, just, just think. I love sitting back and watching people's reactions. It's just funny. It's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. So yeah, no, it's good fun. It really is good fun. <laughs> Has anyone you've ever like? Hosted actually answered that question. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. If they do, I'd like to know. Who. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who it is. Oh, everyone's but, gonna know who because we're gonna. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, look at this clip. Here's our trailer. Someone actually picked a host, and then freeze before they say the name. You know. Yep. Oh, that's funny. That would be that would be funny. But uh, no, they they started to think about it, and then it's like, as if it's just thought. I'm not answering that question. It's the funniest. It's always so funny, but uh, no. It's so, good. <laughs> so, what do you um, have uh, planned for the uh, upcoming uh, holidays? Holidays for for December. Oh, what do I plan for December? Music-wise, or just everything? Everything. <laughs> Music. Yep. Cool. So, Charlotte Young has a new single coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, on the 20th of November so at the moment I'm kind of pushing that one um, we also have this single this collaborative single called I Won't Forget to Miss You coming out on the 27th of November and so it's it's a Christmas song but it's not too Christmassy um, but the idea of the song was just to write something and bring together like a ton of unsigned artists um, on a track that was about just kind of like it brings together kind of what's happened this year, you know, struggling to see people and not being able to be with people that you love and stuff, but also just that kind of like unity. Um, and we're raising money for mind mental health charity in the process. So that's going to be pretty cool. So I'm kind of focusing on those two things. And then once I've got a few more releases out the way all by, I reckon the first week of December, then I think we're going to take a bit of a break. (laughs) um and just try try and see my family if I can I feel like I haven't seen them for a couple of months um they don't they don't live where I they live in Wales but they live they've been living in a in a county that was in a local lockdown so we had like some counties in local lockdowns when the rest of the country was open and I'm really fortunate to live in a in a county that just hasn't really been too affected by COVID so they were in a local lockdown about four to six weeks before the international lockdown so I haven't seen them for a while um, so it would be nice to go and see them and just spend some time with people and but also just plan for next year like I'm really excited to hopefully be able to go to gigs and to plan some gigs um, yeah. that artists can play that's what I'm really excited for hopefully next year will be a better year for for artists and you know everybody else involved in the music business because it's been a bit of a <clears throat> bit of a crazy one this year hasn't it yeah it's been a really tough one hasn't it and you know it's been it's been really interesting to see it all develop in a in a way that you know you have to you've had to adapt and be flexible to it because obviously the way that you promote artists for example has has been different it's basically like all online and there's no way to go and meet people you know in a restaurant or in a venue supporting a bigger artist or something like that like there's no option to do that so it's been really interesting to be a part of kind of how to be different and how to promote in more creative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, like we live for 
going to see gigs and going to see, you know, artists do what they do best, which is being on a stage. <laughs> so yeah. it would be really good to see that too. Yeah, that's cool. But it must have been like the thing with this year, it's kind of, it's brought everybody together in a different way. Uh, as I said, um, I, we could go to, we could see four or five different acts in one night, which we'd never do yeah. normally. But it's also brought everybody in line. There's no one bigger than anybody else. You've got your new acts coming out. You've got, you know, your big acts talking to people and everything else. It's just like everybody is there mm. now. There's not that, you know, oh, well, she's number one and, you know, yeah. she's number ten type thing. It's just people performing and, and you know, doing what they love. Um, yeah, 100%. It's been really nice to, like like you say, because you could watch, you know, say Jimmy Allen or Lee Bryce or something doing an online concert, mm-hmm. and then that finishes, and then you go and watch an up-and-coming artist that's never done a live show before. And, yeah. like you say, you can just, like, switch between the two. You can see artists perform who are in on the other side of the country or the other mm. side of the world because you have access to all these social media kind of platforms and everything like that, which has been mm. awesome. And also discovering artists that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily discover for one yeah. reason or another, whether that's being kind of where you live and that being a restriction or just because obviously we don't all have money rolling out of our pockets. So sometimes you have to kind of think, well, you know, I've got this much to spend, so I'll probably go and see it on an artist that I love and missing yeah. out on discovering new talent too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's been really awesome. Like, yeah, 100% love that. In that way. It'll be good to see how, obviously, once next year, obviously, as long as it looks okay next year, and people start touring, how much things will change online? Will they still do some of these online shows? Will they keep them going? Will they still, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that changes or, you know, how people deal with it again. So. Yeah, 100%. I kind of hope it, like, I hope it stays, it goes a little bit. Like, I don't think, obviously, you don't think it will to the extent that it was, because, I mean, every single day there was probably a 12-hour schedule of artists you could watch. But <laughs> I, I, I don't think, like, obviously, that's not going to be possible. But like you say, like, the, the way to discover new artists was kind of being online and seeing that. So if we could still do that, then yeah. that would be awesome. Like you say, as well as going out to seeing the artists that you could. Yeah, that would be, awesome. be awesome. That really would. So, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, all good. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for, for joining us. It's been absolutely amazing to speak to you and obviously find out more about Scarlet River Management and what you offer artists. Are you actually looking for new artists or is it just, uh, you know, seeing something? Yeah, I'm always like, I'm always open to kind of discovering new artists and I love getting emails from artists that I've not heard of before. Um, okay. At the moment, I don't have the capacity to take on anyone in management, but I mean, that doesn't mean it wouldn't change in the future. And yeah. I'm doing the PR with, with a lot of artists. In the room. That's why I've also loved kind of building that over lockdown because it's a new way to work with other artists, even if it's just for a short term, you know, time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, it's well, been so much, Rachel, for uh, being here with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. your schedule. Thank you very much. Especially the time difference as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it must be like half eleven. Uh, yeah, it's yes, half eleven for me. Twenty past eleven for me. Yeah. And what? Half half six? Five. Damn it! <laughs> it's all of these changing time zones, and then the clocks going forwards and backwards, and yeah, 
Yeah. You know, we had that last week because last week was only a five-hour time difference, and of course, this week we're back to six hours um, because you know their clocks have now caught up with ours. Oh, did <laughs> they not they change at the same, the same time? time? No, we actually no, changed week a week later than you all. Ah, that explains a lot. <laughs> I had a conversation with someone the other day. Um, it, it was somebody from the states who I'd organised an interview with with somebody from the UK, and they were like. Oh, that's a bit early. And I was like, no, it's not. It's like a six hour time difference. And then I was like, oh no, hang on. <laughs> Just I had no clue. There's that, there's that strange week in the middle where we change, yeah. the whole of Europe changes, you know, yeah. and then the states change a week later. They decide to be different. <laughs> and then I was speaking to someone. With you all, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was speaking to someone in Canada who was like, our box never changed. And I was like, what? <laughs> they don't change at all. No, there was one place where they don't change at all. And then I have a friend in Australia that goes from like 11 hours difference to nine because they do the opposite because they're on the other side of the equator. And then we have like one area that does that too, that doesn't change at all. And then I'm like, and if you're in the one state next to it, you're like, wait, it's an hour difference. And I only drove two minutes. What? What? Like I lost an hour. Yeah, we do. This needs to just be fixed globally. Stop changing the clocks. Yeah, it's like don't change the clocks. <laughs> I work for a Chinese company, and um, they don't change. So I have to remember after the clocks change that my shift change. It's just, I have to keep putting stickers on the wall to remember. I now start at eleven o'clock, not twelve o'clock. Make sure ah. I get in on time, or else. <laughs> I mean, That's double. crazy. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute. Absolute nightmare. So, uh, yeah, it's all good fun. <laughs> <laughs> they need to just keep it at one time and yeah. don't change again. I think that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Never have another clock change. <laughs> the rest of the world needs to do what we say now, and we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. We have spoken. This is it. It's, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.